this morning um, I received a lot of text messages and phone calls. First one started at 4.30 this morning and uh, just calling me and, and wishing me happy Father's Day from spiritual sons around the country and, and I got a phone call uh, from Africa and uh, just wishing me a happy Father's Day. But what I began to recognize uh, this morning as I be- began getting text messages uh, from Pastor Dale Jenkins, from guys all over East Coast, um, communicated with Matt Russell uh, this morning, and, uh, and then our president, Glenn Burris, uh, texted me, and I texted him back. And, but what I found is what this, they were saying the same things, and it really wasn't about me. It was about all of you dads, all of you men. And God has something in very particular that he's doing. How many of you know that the Bible says that there are seasons of life that we have? And then there are specific things that it seems like things are mundane, that we're doing the same thing. But what the Lord has a tendency to do in, in particular is he sets seasons, and they may be short or they may be long, that are different, that we need to act or react differently in specific areas. And, and the finality of it is, is when I, I, I received a text message from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and And that text message uh, stated that the Lord is doing something very unique through those that you have touched as fathers. So it really wasn't about me, it was about others. But because what the Lord, the Holy Spirit was telling me was, was, guys, God is doing something very unique in those that you have touched we have been talking about the image of God in us, that we're created in the image and the likeness of God. And in that image and in that likeness, we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about it today. But guys, I want to really uh, cause you to recognize God is prophetically speaking to you this morning. And so I'm going to ask that all the men, if you would stand with me, please. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front but I'm going to ask all the men, balcony, everybody, just go ahead and stand with me. All the young men, everybody, whatever, if you're 10 or 110, please stand with me, all the men. I'm proclaiming to you in Jesus' name that what God has given to you through the years, God is not someone that hides his plans and purposes for you. He presses into you. He calls you. When you rejected him, he called you anyways. He was pressing into you. When you received him, he really pressed into you because he gave you the Holy Spirit. But I want you to hear this. God has stated in Jesus' name that there's going to be change in those that you have touched. Some of you men are here and and Father's Day and maybe uh, some of your children reject you and they're not going to spend time with you that your children are going through heartache and difficulty, and maybe, maybe it was your fault. Oops. Maybe it's because of the actions that you took when you were younger, and, um, and you did this, and, and, and they rejected you. God knows about this all the time. We'll talk about this today. But I'm going to say to you, God is doing something unique in particular. But what we have to do as men is ready ourselves 
for, for what is going to take place. We as men, and hear what I'm saying to you, we as men must get to a place in our life that we see God is doing something very special. It may not be your children, maybe uh, another young man that, that you have uh, touched uh, through the years as, as a believer. Uniqueness is very important that you see this. And in uniqueness, men, we have to say, Father, I am ready to move and to act in a different way in the situation. Some of you, maybe someone's going to come to you and, and to try to reinvent the relationship that you had before that was broken. Where are you going to be in that? And God is saying, ready yourself because I am doing a unique thing. I have heard your prayer. I have heard, watch this, I've heard your heart. And he's doing this. So ready yourself for this. Get in the word of God. Profess the word of God. Allow God's word to be so particular in this area and begin to believe and to dream for great things. Amen? I want to pray for you. And ladies, you can stay seated. But I'd like for you ladies, uh, if you would just go ahead and put your hands out towards the men that are around you. And I'm going to proclaim a blessing over these men. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that your word is true. Prophetically, you are speaking to us as men. And I proclaim in Jesus' name that all will be revealed to us in our hearts and minds so that when we see the action of what you are doing, we see the fruit of what you are doing, Father, that we are ready in our spirit. You may ask us to travel to meet someone. You may ask us to do a different thing. You may ask us even to give monies into the situation. But God, you are saying something in particular because you're moving in this world. You are touching lives. And you are producing so much through people's prayers and, and the word of God that's been professed. And now for the men of Valley Community Church, these godly, wonderful absolutely wonderful men at Valley Community Church, I proclaim a blessing over them. Thank you, Lord, that today they will be honored. Thank you, Lord, today that not only they will be honored because they are honored, you are honored. And I give you praise for that. Lord, I proclaim a blessing over their bodies, health. I proclaim a blessing over their businesses and their jobs. I proclaim a blessing over them that find favor that they will get a job. I thank you, Lord, that you will provide in all things. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Give the men a great hand, would you? <laughs> Guys, you may be seated. I'd like to read this to you. It says, the truth about dad. One summer evening during a violent thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her small boy into bed. She was about to turn off the light when he asked with a tremor in his voice, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? And the mother smiled very gently and gave him a reassuring hug. And she said, I can't, dear. I have to sleep with Daddy. So a long silence was broken at last by his shaky little voice, that big sissy. <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, I hear you. Crossing into covenant thinking. We've been discussing accomplishing your purpose in life. And last week we brought you a scripture of a lawyer who adjudicates the law for the Pharisees asking Jesus a question. And in Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40, we'll read this again. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing Jesus and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. So Jesus answered, if you want the interpretation of the Bible, the new covenant, you must love God and you must love people. When we hear those words and we hear the, the recognition of words love, we, we have so many different thoughts about that. But bottom line, whatever thought process you have about love, everything in life is based upon loving God and loving honor, others. In loving God, you are honoring God. In loving others, you are honoring others. You were created, we found, for relationship. Again, here we go. Relationship with God and relationships with one another. From all of this last week, all is based on your understanding of God. So if we're going to love God correctly, we must understand who God is. And we're going to love and honor one another, we need to understand who God is. It's all based upon who God is because we are created in his image and his likeness. Everything about us was created in his image. Everything how we are to act and react to things is based upon his character, his likeness. And so when, when we get into life, in all these years of life, we have so many uh, experiences and things that go on in our life, and, and you know, it, it becomes confusing because you have rejection, you have people that, that do things wrong, you do things wrong, I do things wrong, sin is there, that there's an enemy, all these, these truths that have happened, but it never changes the basis of everything. Jesus said, everything is based upon loving God and loving others. Everything is based upon the image of God and the likeness of God. Whatever experience you came from, however long you've known the Lord, everything is based upon that. So God didn't write the law, we found out last week, to find a reason to reject you. We find people many times that express their thoughts of God and thoughts of the Bible is basically that they're thinking that this, there's this mean God, there's this God up there that, that he set all these rules because he didn't like us and he's really kind of separate from us. He's God and we're just human. 
Father God wants the law to keep our relationship whole with him. That's basically why the law was written. And to give principles to keep relationship together with each other. Bottom line, the base again is loving God and loving others. Knowing that we're created in his image and in his likeness. Who we are is, is as God was created us and how we live our lives is that likeness of God, his character. Remember the prophet Hosea. Israel was breaking God's heart by rejecting his love for them. And so he told Hosea the prophet, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. And we express to you that God felt like a husband whose wife is cheating on him, speaking of Israel. And so to send the message, Hosea marries Gomer, a prostitute. Awful name, but that's okay. In Hosea 2.16, it says this. This is the reason. This is the purpose, because God is love, and God is a God of relationship. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me hus my husband and no longer call me my master. God is, is not a, a master to where, you know, just this is the way it's going to be. You know. Bottom line, God is a husband that loves. If you read Ephesians 5, you will see the, the result and the, the understanding of the heart of a husband and the heart of a wife. So when you understand God is intensely in love with you and wants you to be his bride then we will interpret things a little bit different in life. We must interpret in God's covenant with us that bottom line, he loves us. And because we are just like him, we love God and receive his love. No matter how a human father reacted to you. We love God and receive his love because we know God is love. We love one another and honor one another in spite of what others do. Because that's the character of God. God says, I'm going to show you a message, Israel. And Hosea marries a prostitute, Gomer. And you find in the, in the story that she actually gets tired of, of, of Hosea and leaves him again. And wants to go back into her lifestyle. And Hosea chases after her, just like God chases after you. Why does God do that? Because he finally got over your rejection? No, because God is love, and all that God can do is love. God is love, and love is God. And if you're created in the same way, and today I'm talking to, men also, to women also, but I'm talking to you men you, you need to recognize is that what, what we're trying to do, what I am teaching you is this, is to know why God made you and to know why you are here. And when you know the first two, you then will begin to conclude what your purpose is in life. And, and we're beginning to, to unfold all the 
the, the scales from the understanding of what our purpose in life is. We have a tendency to think, well, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a policeman. I'm going to be a soldier. I'm going to be a baseball player. I'm, I'm going to be uh, a cook. I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to, you know, whatever. But the reality is God's purpose is much deeper than what we do. Because everything that God is, it comes out of him, and then it happens. And everything that you are, because you're created in the same way, it comes out of you. You must understand who you are, and you must understand why you are here. And when you do that, then everything you do, you will be doing with purpose and with God's purpose. You'll be doing everything in accordance with with what your purpose is in life because it's out of your character and out of knowledge of who you are and where, why you are here. So let's continue. When the revelation and impact of God's love has its full impact, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. So when we look at the scripture, and I can doctrinally go through the the literal language and everything and show you things. But when, we, when we're seeing the whole Bible and the crux of the Bible and we understand love God and love one another to receive God's love and to receive love from others and perfect love casts out fear, what is perfect love? You're loving God and loving others. Well, our marriage is perfect. No, it's not because we're not perfect. Amen. And, and we have to understand, but, but if you love God and you love others, then your marriage is perfected. Because perfect love casts out all fear, casts out all doubt, casts out all, all uh, communication that is opposite, a discord. Because that perfect love is not based upon the ability of you accomplishing things and doing things. It's based upon knowing who you are, why you're here, loving God and loving others. Again, your pastor's a simplistic guy. And, and I, I just, I have to have it simple. It has to be a simplistic thing because, because I believe that it's God that builds. I want God to build on things so I keep it simple in my life. So, no longer you see God as a mean God or master, but a loving God. Now, Hosea tells us more in his writings in Hosea chapter 2, verse 19 through 23. Watch what he says. <clears throat> this is the depth of what God was saying when he said, Mary Gomer, I will betroth you to me forever speaking to Israel. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and in mercy. I will betroth you to, to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. It shall come to pass in that day that I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. The earth shall answer with grain and new wine, and with oil they shall answer Jezreel. It's speaking of of prosperity, and also speaking of, of the answer of sin in our lives. Then I will sow her for myself in the earth, and I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. 
and they shall say, you are my God. Loving God and loving others. When we don't understand a covenant made by blood, Jesus Christ shed his blood for us. In love or based on love, we think God is upset at us. We think we are wrong and cannot fix it. We get to a place where we believe we can only do so much because we've really messed it up. I want you to hang on to that thought because I'm gonna annihilate it. I'm gonna destroy that thought because that's a work of an enemy telling you untruth. Watch this, even in this world, if we have a perfect father, we can't relate perfectly. So this brings emotions where we don't want to go home. Some people don't want to go home. They don't want to go celebrate Father's Day. They don't want to go do this because they know when they go, it's chaos and it's Hades on earth. We don't want to go home. Why? Because we haven't accepted a loving, heavenly Father. The reason why earthly stuff has destroyed purpose in your life of loving God and loving others because we don't understand God. The reason why we don't go home, even though the guy acted like a jerk, is because we don't know the love of the Father. The reason why we choose to be opposite of what God wants us to be, to reject God, is because we don't know who God is. Christians alike, who have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, have allowed things to blind and to to darken the image of God in our eyes and in our heart to where we don't want to do things. In other words, we don't fulfill our purpose. And we run around purpose. And we fulfill our needs that are not fulfilling. And what happens is people are living their lives and they're wonderful people, they're doing good things but they're not fulfilled and they're only fulfilled when they love God and love others. Your purpose is accomplished through that. Every thought, every thought, every action in your life is based on your thought of God. You are an image bearer. Men, I... Today, we're going to give you a candy bar, but today, we're giving you a little bit more than we gave the moms. We're going to give you a candy bar. (laughs) Some of you are going to go, aw, when I tell you what it is. A few weeks ago, I talked about the purposes of parenthood. And every one of you men, I'm going to be giving you a CD of that message. You're going to get the candy bar, and you're going to get the message. Because I want to tell you is that if you get this, this is my passion. This is, this is why I do what I do. This is why I can take rejection. This is why I can take uh, stuff that goes on in this world. Is because I love God and I love others and I honor God and I honor others. And I want you to grab a hold of this truth. Because if you do it, watch this, 
it will fix your marriage, it will fix your relationships, it will fix your finances, it will fix everything in your life. Because everything in life is based upon loving God with all your heart, soul, mind. And like it is loving one another. Everything. And when we grab a hold of this and we understand this, and we recognize this, I recognize the honoring of fatherhood is even though my father passed away at age 43 and, and I was in my teens, that I've always had spiritual fathers and people that are like fathers in my life because of the importance of that. And this is the reality of what we must understand instead of the, the world trying to bring disdain towards men or fatherhood or the identity of a man or fatherhood that we need to get to a place of realizing the reason why they do it is because they don't know God. They might have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, but they don't know him. They don't know his love. They don't know his care. They don't know how intensely in love he is with you. When you don't understand love, you think, do I really want to give my heart to him? The difficulty of knowing God is not that you don't understand the Bible. The difficulty of knowing God is that you don't understand his love. The image of God, the, the, the image bearers that were in your life did not show you and prove to you the love of God. You know who the prophets really were? Last week we talked about the wild-eyed and, and weird prophets, things that they did. Let me tell you who the prophets really were. The prophets were the friends of a heartsick lover trying to call his wife home. That's God. Every prophet had the same message. What is the message? God misses you. You're breaking God's heart. Come home. All the judgments are not his hatred. All the judgments are a loving father trying to keep you from going to the wrong place with the wrong people and destroying yourself so you can accomplish God's purpose. Dads, do you see God's image in you and the great purpose you have for your home? And let me tell you, your home is more than just the, the building that you live in. Your home is the purpose where God has you. It's at work, it's at home, it's, it's wherever you are at. You must understand, God says in Hosea, I am going to take you to the valley of Achor. You know what Achor means? It means trouble. There God says, I will speak to your heart. When I speak to you, it will open a door of hope. And what I'm saying to you men, I am speaking a door of hope to you today. I am telling you, God's word works. I am telling you, if you have rejected what God's word said in an area of your life, it works, guys. It works. You are so important to the kingdom of God, and you are so important to everybody that is around you. Maybe because of your actions, some have rejected you, or maybe they've rejected you because of their wrong thinking. 
But I want to tell you, you must understand how important you are, guys. Some of you say, well, I'm not a dad. Everything in life, love God and love one another. All these reasons that religion or the world gives of not being close to God. And in that hope, the Bible says there, I will give you your lineage. I will make sure your dreams will come to pass. But in the midst of your trouble, you do not reject or run from me. You run home. You run to the God who loves you. You run to the God that even though you've rejected him like a prostitute going and sleeping with other men, you must understand that I am chasing after you. I want to be your husband. The trouble you're in was not sent by an angry God. The trouble you are in was sent to you from a loving husband trying to break you free from the illicit sin that you've been living. Are you saying that God brought me trouble? I'm saying that God is there in your trouble. Are you saying that God has thrown you around and slapping you around because he's angry at you? No, I'm saying that this is the husband that is trying to get you from being slapped around and thrown against the wall. Because he loves you. That's all he is. He, he can't do anything else but love you. Because God is love. When you understand, when you don't understand the love of God, you look at the Bible and you don't get it. Every single word in the Bible is from a loving God. Every law, every word of the prophets is one message. Here it is. I love you and I want to protect that love. He says in the same passion, son, daughter, love me back. Love me back. Let me, let me say it this way or another way. You know, we do fight the same devil he wants you to have a false image of God. You can't comprehend how attractive you are to God. Yeah, it is on the outside because you are created in the image of God and God is, is absolutely attracted to you. It is everything about you. It's on the outside because you're creating the image of God. It's everything about you. I'm going to use some terminology that you normally don't use towards men. You are adorable to God. Some of you can't accept these statements. Why? You think you haven't done enough do's and you've done too many don'ts. Everything that God is with you, church, is based upon his character, not how you failed. 
Everything about you, everything that he wants to do for you is based upon his character and not how good you are or how bad you are. God has not rejected you. We have rejected him. Oh, but pastor, I, I love God. I understand. But the rejection is not based upon you not being totally obedient. The rejection is that you just don't know how much that he loves you. How can you receive something you don't know? Follow my thought now. We think that God can't love me until I perform at a certain level. In Genesis 1, God created the world and he said it was very good. God created you in his mother's womb. And look what the psalmist wrote here in Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book there all were written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in, in the number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I just, you know, we just passed that, that off. It's just, oh, how poetic David was. Oh, he was a poet. Wonderful. I'm so charged with how wonderful and musically the way he writes and everything. Let me just tell you, have you ever thought about God's thoughts about you and they're all out of love are more than the sand? Have you ever sat at the beach and try and count all the sand around you? No, I'm not weird. I didn't either. But the reality is, is that's the heart of God. When God created you, he said from the beginning, very good. God made no mistake, and he has never changed his mind about you. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God's never changed his mind. Men, you've got to understand, God has a plan and a purpose for you. Dads, you must recognize this. You are the image bearer. If you will understand this, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. If you understand and begin to see it now, everything will be fulfilled. Because that's what Jesus said. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love, and like it, love one another. How many of you are grandpas, papas? Okay. All right, so that you understand, I always got to talk about my grandkids. Now, I look at my grandkids, and the other day I, I had them, and, and uh, Ryan and Melissa trusted me with all five of them. <laughs> I look at my grandkids, and you know, sometimes I watch Claire and Morgan close to the same age, World War III. And then sometimes they sit together with arm in arm and just 
singing together. And you know, Jude, the youngest, when he eats, half of it is in him and half of it is on him. When Ryan and Melissa discipline them, you hear them cry out for mercy, and I try not to laugh. Did you know that all kids are really messy? They're messy, they drool, (laughs) they stink at times. Jude had a blowout. Oh, it was awesome. So I just took all the kids and they go, ooh, Papa, that smells. And so I grabbed the aerosol. I said, let's sing a song. Thank God it smells good, you know. (laughs) In all that, I just want to say this to you. They are adorable and they are cute. By the way, my grandkids are the greatest. And on their worst day, they're perfect. The day I held each one of them for the first time, I became overwhelmed in love with them. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at them, telling them that they're beautiful and handsome And they all look like their papa. I mean, and (laughs) God's creation. I had the privilege of every one of them, as I did with my own kids when they were babies, to take them and to hold them and walk with them in the backyard or out in the front and just talk to them and tell them the story of creator God who loves them that he is love. You know, half the time they were asleep while I was talking to them, like half of you are asleep while I'm talking. (laughs) But I'm talking to them and I'm telling them about this creator God who created them in his image. He's love. And as you grow up, I will do my best to show you God's image to you. When you need anything, Papa will be there. When you are in trouble because of your own decisions, Papa will be there. I may not agree with what you do, but I will be there. I will love you enough to discipline you when the parents aren't looking. I mean, when... (laughs) Just kidding. But I would share with them. Now, would they remember that? What I was doing as I was speaking over them and telling them who they really are. God has called you men as fathers not to be perfect. He hasn't called you to uh, accomplish everything and to be perfect in everything. What he's called you to do is to love him and love others. He's called you to honor him, God, and honor others. And if you will do that, 
Everything else is fulfilled by that. Whether you make $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year, you've accomplished something great because you've loved God and you've loved others. You've honored God and you've honored others. God wants to prosper you, but how do you honor God? You, of course, in the giving all the different actions of Christianity, but Jesus said very uniquely, he said, everything is based upon that. Stop getting yourself in, and I'm going to use this terminology, into a tizzy of who's doing what, who's not doing this, and all the different things, judging one another. Turn it around, love God, and love one another. And let me just tell you, in all the years of my grandkids growing up, Alina will be eight years old in October, nothing has ever changed my heart towards them. You're adorable to God. The devil has fought you, and the devil's put stuff on you. You have put some stuff on yourself. But listen very closely. God looks through all your stuff, and there is nothing that can keep you from being adorable to him. Even when he is disciplining you, he loves you. The Bible says he chastens those that he loves. You can't comprehend this. I just want to tell you, his love is so much more you can't even comprehend with your natural mind. Now, you know all of us want to be desired. Today's society says, I will desire you if you become desirable. It's performance-oriented. It's how you look. It's what you have. God desires you, and it's not based on performance. If you left here and lived perfectly, you can't make yourself more desirable to God. I want you to understand this. You can do everything perfect after today you will not become more desirable to God because he desires you through his love, which is perfect. You can't change it. You can't change it. God desires you and is not based on performance. In Matthew 6, verse 33 and 34, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So accomplishing your pur purpose is to seek and love God and to love one another. Accomplishing your purpose, you receive God's blessings, but put nothing in front of him. Don't put any other gods before him, the tender commandments. Don't put any other gods before him. I have a loving relationship with God. I have a loving relationship with others. My life, my purpose is to use what I have to be a blessing. 
Seek first the kingdom of God. You are a blessing. Dads, if everyone has rejected you, you are a blessing to God. And everyone look at me, and you're a blessing to me because I know God. Some of you may know God better than me and understand God better than me, but I want to tell you, of what I know of God, you are a blessing, and I don't reject you. God doesn't reject you. That's where your healing will come. That's where your wholeness will come. If you finally realize who you are, why you are here, is to love God, receive the love of God, to love others and to receive the love of others, and to recognize the truth, and it will set you free. Thirty-seven years, almost thirty-eight years of ministry. One of the greatest difficulties that you and I have is rejection. One of the greatest difficulties that you and I have in life is where we don't feel worthy. And I want to tell you that God sees you through the blood of Jesus Christ, that covenant thinking, and he sees you as worthy because you are hidden in Christ. Old things have passed, and behold, all things have become new. This is spiritual. We live in this physical world that there's sin and there's rejection and there's hatred and all kinds of things. But when you live your life loving God and loving others and honor, in spite of their difficulties, in spite of, of people's faults, God will make sure everything that you are to accomplish in life will take place. Because the Bible says if you seek the kingdom of God first, then he will give you all these things. Matthew 16, 26 says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So what do you get if you lose the ability to relate to God or people? What do you get? You get a lot of pain, and Satan's plan for your life is loneliness. It happens when you, as Israel did, turn your heart from God to something else. Pastor, I go to church. Pastor, I, I do this. I sing. I, I didn't say that you weren't born again. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven. But I'm telling you, if, if you don't understand the key, loving God and loving others, honoring, then what will happen is the enemy will, will put you into corners of loneliness. And then you will make decisions based on those emotions instead of decisions based on, I have a loving father that loves me so much. There's nothing I could do to change that. Because he's immutable. He never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. On and on and on, you can see Scripture after that. Because when you understand God, you understand yourself, and you know why you're here, you will fulfill your purpose. Let me close with this. To accomplish God's purpose is when you never, ever, make God secondary 
which causes a dishonor to others. When you love God, you automatically will honor others. When you know God, you will automatically know how to relate to to nice people and mean people. You know how to handle that. I'm going to use an illustration. Richard, who, I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of this man. I just, I love this guy. I just, I, when he's around, I'm comfortable. I drove in early this morning, and there was a couple cars parked in the corner over here. A bunch of guys were standing there, and a couple ladies were there. So I didn't think anything of it, and, and I just said, good morning, and they didn't acknowledge me. And so I walked around, went into my office, and later on, Richard came in and told me that, bottom line, they had lost a grandma or a mother next door who had passed away. And they were, had been there since early in the morning. And all the guys were over in the corner here. And when I drove up, they, they hid everything, but they were drinking beers, drowning their sorrows. Well, when Richard drove in, one of the guys was urinating in the parking lot. So Richard, the amazing man that he is, goes and confronts it and says, you can't do this. And, you know, when, if Richard comes to me and says, you can't do this, <laughs> okay. But the reality is, is, so, you know, how guys drinking all that stuff. So bottom line, he handled it correctly. And then later on, he goes out before the service starts, hands him bulletins, prays for him, and tells him if you ever need anything, if you need us for anything, you just let us know. You know, you got urine going on. We don't want any of you walking on urine in the parking lot. You know, you, you see the disrespect and the dishonor. But what I'm just saying to you is you see the man of God who confronts but loves. Because even in confronting, you love. And today you see in society, you, you, you can't confront. You can't, there, there can't be any rules. I mean, laws, rules, whatever, because it's unfair. And I just want to say to you, church, you have to get to a place, especially in our society, they just don't recognize the love of God. They just don't recognize who he really is and why they're really here. And it's your job and mine, not only as fathers, Father's Day, but as believers to be image bearers to the world of the love of God and the honor of God. Are you in agreement with me? Amen. And we need to to be those type of people. We need to just begin to do that. In other words, transforming our world thinking to covenant thinking. You are adorable to God. Let's all stand.